and welcome to Activity Quest, the podcast packed with things to do. My name is Bex, and in this episode, Adam's received a mysterious package in the mail, and he has to rescue Cleo, a time traveller, stuck in 1922. That's the premise of Mini Mysteries, an escape room-like experience that you can do from anywhere. I chat to Finn, who starred in the junior Great British Bake Off. He's telling us all about the show, plus why baking is so fun. And Scotland's officially broken up for the summer. Woohoo! We've got a list of events in the country that you can visit. Now, every week in Activity Quest, we get out and about and find out what is happening near you. This time, something's coming to us. Or rather... It's coming to Adam. Hi, my name is John Gracie and I'm a game designer. And uh, the most recent game I've made is, along with my two good friends, Matt and Rich, uh, is Mini Mysteries, which is uh, an exciting, immersive time travel game for all the family uh, where you receive a package in the post and it's a message, a parcel from a time traveller who is stuck in the past and the package has made its way to your doorstep. And so you, uh, along with your family, have to solve a series of puzzles and clues in order to um, send the in order to fix the time machine of an agent who is trapped in time i don't want to give away too much but that is the basic premise it is all about solving puzzles in order to rescue someone who is trapped in the past okay mini mysteries i've received my package i opened it up and inside i've got two envelopes two kind of brown manila envelopes they look kind of like detective envelopes the first says open first and the second says in case of emergency so i suppose we should begin with the one that says open first Ooh, okay i see i've got a, a stupid grin on my face this is right up my street Uh, This is some kind of detective game, I can already tell. Hi, Adam. My name is Cleo. I work for a secret time-travelling organisation called the Ministry of Time, and I need your help. Someone's tampered with my time machine, and I'm stuck in the year 1922 in Egypt. Fascinating period, but I need to get back to my home in the year 2352. (laughs) It is I, the your friend's time machine and it is I who will foil the Ministry of Time once again for the first time. Cleo's time machine is deactivated and in just 60 minutes her emergency communication systems will die, leaving her trapped in time forever. <laughs> now, how'd you turn this thing off? It... No, uh, uh, no, no, that's the radio. Damn it. Must be one of these. There we go. Okay, all of a sudden, a massive countdown timer has appeared on screen. We've got only 60 minutes to save Cleo, or she's going to be stuck in the past, in 1922 in Egypt. We've got Cleo, the Cleosetta Stone, uh, much like the famous Rosetta Stone, which archaeologists discovered and used to translate languages of the ancient world. This holds the key to the puzzles. We've got to figure this out. And there is an override code that we need to enter. So, let's work this out. Take the see-through scanner. It looks kind of like a spanner. I've provided a circular symbol in the viewing lens and spin it around until the target lines up with one of the animals. Hey, presto, that animal is the next envelope you need to open. So... 
Okay, so I guess we start there. Uh oh, time's ticking along. You'd better hurry up. We um, really wanted to design something that everyone could play because one of the things I'm most excited about in in terms of game design is accessibility. Because um, you know I've been playing video games my whole life. I'm very old, um, and uh, there's a there's a culture often in video games of like, oh, you haven't played this game, so you're not a real gamer, or you haven't done that. And it, it's something that I um, I think has no place in in uh, gaming at all. So this is designed to be something that everyone can play, and that doesn't mean it's easy. Although certainly some of the puzzles are easier than others. It's designed to be a game that anyone can do, so you don't have to know anything about uh, so about ancient Egypt, which is the setting for the first game. And I should say we have a whole series of games planned, each in a different time period. And the first game is set um, in it's actually in the 1920s, uh, where people were looking into ancient Egypt. So it kind of is across three time periods. But anyway, we did all the research first, um, and then I found that it was much easier to come up with puzzle ideas the more I knew about the time period. Um, but the the first game, the puzzles are lots of puzzles that I think you would recognise. Uh, so, for example, there is a maze, there is a um, a kind of spot the difference esque puzzle. But we put twists on all of them to. I'm trying not, not to give too much away, but we put twists on all of them to fit them along with the theme. So the maze is a labyrinth uh, leading to the centre of an ancient tomb where um, the Egyptians would bury their pharaohs, their their leaders. So it's um, so there's that, and then the the spot the difference one, you're looking at a series of Polaroids made uh, of different um, ancient stones and you're trying to see which one is the real one because there is, there's been a bunch of replicas made by the, by the villain of the piece, the Baron. Um, and so each puzzle is designed to bring you closer into the world, bring you more into the world of, of ancient Egypt whilst also giving you fun things to play and do. made a big boo-boo here the one that i was most excited uh to do the winged watchers uh is is actually one of the most difficult we've been given uh, a picture of, of a tablet uh, not an ipad but an ancient egyptian tablet and we've got to work out which of them is real so it's like extreme spot the difference and i just can't figure it out we've ruled out two three three okay we've ruled out three we've still got three that it could very well be you're taking longer than the longest river in the world the amazon uh ignore him he's thinking of the nile idiot what Okay, I think we've done it. Uh, I think we've opened the final envelope that we need. We've got 20 minutes left to save. Cleo, we've got another sheet of paper here that says, Dear Diary, I'm writing from my hotel, and there's some gaps. So we better figure this one out quickly. Kind of 
kind of it. Yeah, I really wanted to bring in all these elements from different media that I really liked. So I love board games. I love the fact that board games are physical and tactile and you're picking up bits of paper or bits of wood and you're moving them around. And then I love that video games um, often can conjure up very imaginative worlds and they often... Well, both, both media are very good at rules, I think. It doesn't sound fun if you're listening, kids, but rules are actually really good for fun games. Um, you know, certain games you just want to have no rules and your imagination runs wild and that's great. But in terms of... I think of it like writing a poem, you know. If you just could write anything in a poem, that that's fine. But if you have a structure, like a sonnet, and it has a certain amount of lines and a certain amount of syllables in a line, suddenly what you can fit into that becomes really interesting. It becomes a game in and of itself. So I'm very into rules, <laughs> which makes me sound really boring, but I promise you I'm not. Um, and I think uh, board games and video games are very good at rules specifically. Um, and what else? I also really like Dungeons & Dragons, but I'm not sure if that's relevant here. We have, uh, I think, just cracked the final puzzle. We've got 11 minutes left to go to save uh, Cleo. I don't want to give too much away, but essentially we've just solved what we think is the final puzzle. Okay, hopefully, Cleo, this saves you. Beginning override sequence. Yes, you did it! Oh, I can. I'm so excited. We have been working on the second game for months and months and months. Uh, and it's called... So the first game, I should say, the first game is called The Egyptian Enigma. And it's set in 1920s Egypt and then harking back to ancient Egypt. Um, the second game, which is coming out, I would... I can't say exactly when. Hopefully in about a month, maybe? Uh, our designer will, will kill me if I'm wrong. But um, let's say that. Uh, it is called The Medieval Mishap. And it is set in the 1300s, I think, or maybe early 1400s in medieval England. Uh, and it involves a tournament and it involves lots of different agents. And it involves so many types of puzzle that we couldn't fit in the first game. And I'm, I'm tremendously excited. There's a really exciting audio puzzle. We use the computer slightly more in this in that you're going, kind of going back and forth between the two. Um, and also in the new game, there is no timer because we wanted the, the, this, the new game is much more of a kind of adventure that you explore. Um, and so we've taken the time pressure off. The first game does have a 60 minute timer, although you can turn it off for the first game because not everyone likes to have the timer. I personally really enjoy the extra um, kind of tension, but if that's not your thing, you can switch it off and there's no pressure for it. Um, whereas the second game is much more about exploring the environment. And oh, it's set, yeah, medieval times. There's a big tournament. It's knights, it's uh, swords and shields. There's betrayal, there's horses. Oh, it's, this is going to be great. Amazing stuff. Thank you to Adam for that. And if you want to get involved, minimysteries.club is the place to find out all about the world of mini mysteries adventures. And whatever you get up to, whether it's playing an escape room game from the comfort of your very own bedroom or something else entirely, we want to know all about it. You can leave us a five-star review wherever it is you're listening to this, or you can get in touch at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. We will read our favourite messages next week. All right, here's what else is happening across the UK. 
How do you fancy seeing your favourite Fun Kids shows live? Uh, me and Bex, Dan and Bex. Uh, we're live on stage in London this summer, the 27th and 28th of August. We're doing Bookworms Live, one of our podcasts. It's all about the stories that we love and the authors that inspire us. And you can come along and see me do the Science Weekly Live. Stuff full of incredible experiments, daring stunts. We'll search out the secrets of the universe. Uh, the two shows are happening as part of the Underbelly Festival in London at the end of your summer. Uh, the place to book is underbellyfestival.com. And if you're dippy for dinos, and if a close encounter with a T-Rex will make your summer, head to Dino Park. It's near Dumfries. You can see some Mesozoic-era reptiles. You'll step back 150 million years, see those giants that roamed the Earth. You can take a trip through the Dino Mine. You can hear stories and facts in the Dino Den. You can dig for fossils. And they've got a bouncy dinosaur there as well. Uh, it's at the Hetland Garden Centre. Hetlandgardencentre.co.uk. That's where you need to go to find out more. And for princes and princesses enchanted by fairy tales, Scotland's castles, they're amazing places. It's like you're living out of the pages of a storybook. You can jump right in. Like up at Stirling Castle, they've got characters there walking around in full costume. They bring the story to life. In the palace vaults, you can get dressed up yourself from medieval times. You can have a go at playing some old-school Renaissance-era instruments as well. Uh, HES.Scott for more. That's the place for that one. And are you ready for the latest issue of Girl Talk magazine? It's an awesome magazine. It comes with five glam gifts that you'll love. You'll get a super soft, fluffy scrunchie, a cute pom-pom bag charm, a diamond bouncy ball, plus two awesome lip glosses. We've got everything you need to know about Pop Queen Ariana. You'll get the inside scoop on your new fave Roblox games. And you can see this summer's hottest trends to try. If you're feeling creative, try out the recipe for the world's cutest cake pop. Or you can take on our Doodle Challenge. All that, plus an epic four-page gamer puzzles and quizzes special. Uh, find all this and so much more. It's in the brand new Girl Talk magazine, which is out Wednesday. Before you travel, book in advance and always follow the guidance wherever you are. And whatever you do, tell them Activity Quest sent you. By the way, if you've got somewhere you reckon would be perfect for an Activity Quest episode, it could be an activity near you or something else that you run, tell us right now. Email activityquest at funkidslive.com. Okay, now, I caught up with someone very special the other day, Finn, who is one of the superstar bakers from the Great British Bake Off Junior. Um, well, we all saw the other people on Junior Bake Off. I just saw the advert and then thought, oh, why, why don't we give it a try? And then we applied one night, months, months, months later, all of a sudden I was in the tent and baking. So did you not expect to really get in? Were you like, oh, I'll give it a go and see what happens? No, I didn't expect to get in at all, at all. Oh, my goodness. So what was it like when you first stepped into the tent? Because it's quite an exciting place. Yes, it was It was quite shocking seeing everything in place. And it was all like, because you've seen it on TV, but you haven't seen it in real life. It's so incredible to see. And it's really fun. Lovely. So what was your favourite thing to bake when you were there? Are you a sweet or a savoury type of baker? Oh, I think, I'm not sure. Uh... I think I'm a sweet, or I do like to make some savoury stuff, but on the 10, I mainly showed making sweet and stuff. 
I see. Am I, am I right in thinking that you've kind of baked stuff with vegetables as well? You're used to using stuff from your allotments or your back garden? Yes, I used my granny's carrots and my carrot cake on the first day. Um, they were homegrown. And it, I think it, my cake tasted really well with my carrots. Well, homegrown carrots make it much better, surely. Yes, yes. Very, very good. So what's uh, is that your secret to a best carrot cake ever? Is it homegrown carrots or is there anything else you add in there that you can share with me? Um, I'm not sure. I think oh. uh, lots of spices, lots of cinnamon and lots of, oh, yeah, lots of spices to get in there and add that flavour, pop mm. up and out. Oh, very nice. I've got to say I'm a fan of a carrot cake. This is, this is good to know, Finn, uh, while I've got you here. It's helpful. Uh, so do you have any any big, like, um, any good tips for our listeners right now? Because they'll be thinking to themselves, I quite fancy baking, but I'm a bit scared of it. How would you say to them to get into it? How do you ease yourself into baking? So I'd start off quite quite simple. And so for cookies, they, you don't need much much ingredients. You don't need loads of fancy um, equipment. And start off simple. Also, when you're making cookies, make sure that you put them in the fridge before you cook them um, so that they don't flatten down and just deflate. Oh, really? I've never heard that tip before. Oh. Wow, this... Oh, my goodness. Finn, anything else? Because I I feel like now you're a bit of a master of baking. Uh, (laughs) tell Tell me how to make... How would you make the perfect cake? What would your perfect cake be? So, oh, perfect cake. Depends what type of cake. Would you like just a normal vanilla or a chocolate or? Oh, you know what? I'm a chocolate fan. I'm going to say chocolate. What's the best What's the best way of making a chocolate cake here? Um, loads of chocolate, probably. <laughs> what, the more chocolate, the better. <laughs> um, I feel like you're my baking Wikipedia. Okay. That, I like that because um, I would happily add more chocolate to anything. So now you've told me I can. It's like, you know, I've, I've, I've got it said by you. That's yeah, very that- important. Don't be scared to add as many spices, chocolate, sweets, anything you like. Don't be scared to ruin your cake. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Well, before I let you go, I've got to ask the big question. Do you think you're going to be applying to the normal Bake Off, the Grown Ups Bake Off uh, in the next few years? Would would that be your thing, Finn? I would definitely like to. Um, I'm not going to start off as soon as possible because that was my mistake this time. I was the youngest one there and I didn't. I didn't have the least experience, but this time when I get to the adult bake-off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know it all, I'm going to remember it all, and I'm going to do it correctly. Oh, brilliant stuff. That is a great way of looking at it. Well, uh, thank you so much for chatting to us, Finn. That was, that was brilliant and really interesting to find out about baking. Um, and good luck with the brownies tonight. Yep, thank you. Well, that's all the time we've got in this episode. Remember, whatever you do and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And, of course, you've got to rate, review and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. And if you've got a venue that you reckon would be perfect for us to mention in Activity Quest, then go to activityquest at funkidslive.com. I'm Bex, and this has been the podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. You can listen to me on DAB Digital Radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids, every weekday from 4pm. See you next week.
The Space Programme is a Baffle Gab production for the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. You can listen to Fun Kids all day on your DAB digital radio, on your smart speaker by saying play Fun Kids, and on the free Fun Kids mobile app. You can also listen online and play loads of games, quizzes, as well as find out the latest news at funkidslive.com. Um, it's got some amazingly pink and white flowers. The leaves look quite kind of like um, kind of furry, you know what I mean? It's a warm spring day in late March, and ever since the leaves have started to come out, Ruby Joe has been wondering why some trees lose their leaves and some don't, and also like how the trees know when it's time to shed their leaves. To find out, join us on the conversations, Curious Kids, wherever you get your podcasts.